You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fox on the Wire. I'm sitting here with Joshua Whitehead down here at Crosstown Sound Studios in Preston. Welcome, Josh. Thank you very much. Man, I've been wanting to do this for ages. <laughs> how, how do you feel? Um, I'm feeling good now. I've had had a few beers. Yeah. I'm uh, loosening the lips with some beer. Yeah. I know I've been putting it off for a while. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was never going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've... Uh, I'm keen. I'm keen, as yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. We've got lots yeah. to talk about, but I've got to say first off that it feels a bit weird that I'm sitting behind the recording controls here and not you <laughs> in your control room. We're sitting here in the control room. That is unusual. And yeah, I've got the controls for me. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, when I first started this podcast, um, I think I'd re- recorded the first episode with Palmy Dillon. Um, pretty pretty roughly, I must say. And um, I came down to see Josh um, here at the studio on a Friday night as well um, to help me work out this whole recording thing for some tips and tricks. And, uh, yeah, Josh was very helpful. So thank you, Josh. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, I've come a little bit of a ways since then as well. I've, I've helped with the tech. Yeah. yeah, and you helped again tonight, so, you know, with a few more little things. So, bit by bit, I'm getting used to this whole recording thing, so. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. Yes, Absolute thank you very pleasure. much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how long how long has Crosstown Sound Studio has been going for? Um, coming up to our 10th year, it's been... Um, I suppose, yeah, nearly nearly ten years. Yep, there was a there was a build period there where me and my brother we built the place and uh, probably took about six months of solid building and uh, getting bands in one at a time as the rooms were completed. Yep, and yeah, that, that might be might be time for a birthday. A, uh, I reckon of a party. I reckon birthday bash. <laughs> so um, you've got. Obviously, rehearsal rooms here. What do you got? Six rooms? Six rehearsal rooms? Six rehearsal rooms. So now we also rent out uh, the live room of the studio. The rent keeps going up. So oh, as a we, rehearsal room? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that can be booked out. That's sort of like the uh, the, the best room. It's the so, master it's bedroom. A, yeah, it's had, had tons of treatment done to mm. really get it sounding nice. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's expanded things a little, which... Meant building another booth, so we've got a got a fully enclosed booth now as well. But, oh, right. Um, yeah, no, it's it's come together. Yeah, and uh, obviously got the recording studio as well. So we're sitting in the control room right now, and we can see into the the big live room, which is which is great to have in a studio. Yeah. Um that's a bit it's it's pretty weird. I'm I'm used to being on the the, the side of the glass mm. where the nerves are on the other side mm. and my job often is to help control those nerves and and get people comfortable and yep. and um playing like they're in their own bedroom. Mm. But now the tables are turned and I'm on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> it's, well, it's 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 nerve-wracking. I know what that I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, I'm nervous as shit too. <laughs> Trying to get the recording sounding good and uh, have, a, have another swill on this beer. Yeah, have another uh, s- swig. So we're we're downing some uh 
some goats tonight, some mountain goat cans. So Friday night, you know, why not? Yes. So um, you've had plenty of bands come through here over the years, uh, such as Big League, Old yep. Etiquettes, Charm. Who else off the top of your head? Top of my head. Uh, Rehearsal or recording? Oh, with with oh god, so many. Mm. Um, oh, I'll, I'll sort of take it by genres, I suppose. Lately, we've had had a uh, bit of uh, almost psych sort of metal sort of thing mm. with with a with a band. Um, I have a terrible memory, by the way. Um, what is it? Um, Thermal Mass, and then we yep. had another one just this week, which was uh, the New Landlords. Um, what else? Um, I'm just going to go by the most recent. Mm. Oh, I had a, had a few weeks stint with a bit of more of a commercial sort of uh, demoing thing for for a I know like a Baba type band, um, putting out sort of demos for work, and then. What else? Um, um, ah, there's, I'm, to on, I'm, I'm on the spot, but yeah. um, <laughs> now there's uh, it's, it's it's been been pretty pretty uh, it's been pretty good. It's been a good year. It's been lots of good years. That's just, good. Yeah, it's I've just been chatting to a band now who are who are looking to book in another band, Thylacine. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, the one one of the things I love about about this job is jumping through all the genres. Um, uh, I, I I would never be happy sitting on one genre of music. Mm. It's I enjoy I enjoy the challenge of going through so many different styles of music, which um, is also something I do in my own writing as well. I, yeah. Uh, I suppose in in the vein of bands like Ween or I'd, I'd like to throw the Beatles in there too. Yeah. Like being able to jump jump from genres, you know, and and play with them all. Um, I like I like them all. Cool. So um, I saw recently that, uh, or fairly recently, that you was it a rap band or a hip hop band that you had in the studio here, like eight or ten guys. Yeah, that that was um, a few months back. The the new monos, um, they came in and laid down um, sort of beds of uh, drums and bass. I think they did some guitars as well. Um, they they took that away and recorded the rest at home um, vocals and and whatnot. Mm. Um, that were that that sounded great. I heard the final outcome. They were, they were really good. Um, what sort of instrumentation did they? Like lots of uh, so it was quite. It was it was quite. Um, had a lot of South American influence, but it's still quite modern. Well, very modern, and mm. yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, worth having a listen to. Again, I can't put that into a genre. It's um, yeah. covers a few, I reckon. Mm. But, um, now I get I get a few jobs like that too. I've had some great bands that have just come in and and laid down the beds. Um, I think it's it's more of a cost-effective thing to finish recordings, take your time on things like vocals and the bits that you can record on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, when I came here tonight, we were just chatting out the front there about recordings and we were talking about the importance of um, pre-produ- uh, pre-production 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, yeah. Our next can't, can't next album for me. I'll be doing a lot more. For a sure. lot more pre-production. Yeah. yeah, as as you found, um, there there were things things that you can do through rehearsal and pre-production that save you a lot of time and money in the studio. Uh, it's well worthwhile, even even if you're using a phone to mm. to just go over what you've done to to know it backwards. Um, you know, especially these days, it's it's easy to to clock up so many hours if you don't know where 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 you've you know where where you can refine things without having to spend the time in the studio doing that. You really want to come in with a solid plan. Mm. Um, so I was chatting to a band tonight who were, who was saying they're refining things. They want to book in next year, and and I was explaining the same thing to them that. It's really worthwhile. Chuck a phone up in the room and just get down everything. Listen yeah. to it. Find the weak points or the points where things may not gel. Um, know, knowing whether you need to use a click track or whether you need to um, track certain parts together um, and just to keep things with a tightness um, that, if you multi-track, you can't always capture that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. I suppose it's pretty self-explanatory, but at a lot of the time you don't discover this as an engineer and as a musician. You don't discover this until you've gone through it. Mm. It um, can slip through the cracks. But Sometimes, like, I was sort of saying to you that, um, you know, listening back to my album, I wish I had it done more pre-production but i didn't know that until probably six months after i'd finished the album because you know listening to the new album as it's coming along you know you're really generally pretty happy with it It all sounds great it's until you sort of look back on it after maybe six maybe even 12 months that you know these little things start to Creep out. And you think yeah. I, I could have, I could have yeah. done that better because you've been playing it's, the songs for another six or twelve months live. Yeah, and you got yeah. better at them. That that's the uh, yeah, that's the essence of pre-production. It's yeah, you, you can go about it through taking taking a bunch of songs on the road and refining them over playing them over and over until they they just gel. Mm. Or quite often you want to you want to catch them a bit more fresher than that and and put them out before you take them on the road. But in which case you really do need to do the pre-production and and hear them, take them home and listen until you you can really he- hear those bits that just need the extra attention. Yeah, it's uh, yeah I can't can't emphasize that one enough. It's it is an important part. Um, do you find most bands or artists? come in prepared to the studio or uh, too many don't it's half and half yeah. it's they they I've, I've had bands come in who um they might have all the music down but the vocal mm. um needs work i've i've actually uh, there's been bands that i've actually recommended going home taking the recording with them and using their home demoing setup to record vocals and um you know, get getting them right that way. Spend the hours at home mm. and 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 get it how they want to get it. Yeah. Um. And then they can either come back in and record it, or quite often people have a good enough setup at home that 
they'll they'll get a good enough take, and and quite often it's the take over the quality mm. of the sound. You 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 can get pretty good quality at home now, and yeah. and that that's fine to mix in. So it's sometimes it's worthwhile doing certain things at home. Not to mention some vocalists are a lot more comfortable without having someone on the other side of that window or or speakers or headphones that um they won't get the perfect take with someone else there. I think I think you're a big fan of Chris Cornell, right? Yeah. I believe he was one of those people from memory. Yeah, um I think in the to, audio slave days anyway. Yeah, in in some of the earlier days he used to like to go home and um do all of it himself mm. without someone there. It it takes the pressure off and yeah, that's that's one thing I also really believe in with recording that it's important to follow what the band want to do mm-hmm. um, or the individual to make them comfortable. You know, it's there's so many um, different ways of doing things and and sometimes getting that performance right is worth a compromise in sitting in an expensive studio with great gear and this and that. If you're not going to get the take that's killer, it's... Uh, <laughs> Just do it at home. Like mm. it's it's worthwhile. Um, whereas on the other hand, some people have rehearsed it to the point they they and they're confident in a studio and they they they're worthwhile just coming in and doing it. Then you get that quality and the performance. Mm. It's um, the end of the day, it's about getting that performance. You know, yeah, it's, it's important. You got to have that producer that's almost going to be able to drag that out of you. Or knows it's, how to drag that out of you. It's true. Yeah. And, and and every engineer these days has to wear a producer's hat too. Yeah. It's it's uh it's few bands. Well in in my realm I find it's not many bands can afford to bring a producer in, have an engineer work in the studio. So it's you gotta wear both hats. Yeah. And and pulling that out of people, some people it, respond to it well. Um other other people it, it actually takes I've had this a few times where it takes a couple of goes. They'll have to come back a couple of times before mm. they're comfortable in the studio. Like it, you got to wear down those nerves. You got to, you've got to be that person in control, mm. like showing, like giving the fullness of their performance. Yeah, but, yeah. I think vocals is definitely the hardest. I agree. Uh, part of the process for myself as well. And and I'm the same. Yeah. I uh, in fact. <laughs> I think it's one reason I can empathise with people who go through that. I, I, I sing on a lot of, of my own writing and I I like to take my time and do it myself. I, I wouldn't be super comfortable in the studio situation half the time either. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not a natural vocalist anyway, but it's um, I, I like to take my time. I'd, I'd rather do that. Yeah. It's it's about making people comfortable. Oh, well, let's jump across to your stuff at the moment. Um, so Shadow Transmitter, that's your project. Yes, it's 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 one I don't uh, I don't publicise. I I don't think I've even put it on social media. But it's on Spotify. I've got it in yeah, my library. It's it is. It's <laughs> yeah. um, it. I suppose it's it's a uh, it's my therapy. I, I like to write. I've got a, a friend I write with occasionally. Sometimes it's my own stuff. And um, 
we put it out there. It's mostly for friends and whatever. But we've had we've been added to a few playlists um, this year and gotten some good amounts of listens, which is great. Um, but yeah, we actually released an EP. Oh, a month or a month and a half back, which um, it's it's very different to the first album. We've only got an album and an EP so far. I didn't even know that you'd uh, released a new EP, so you did keep it pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, How I, dare you? I haven't, I haven't um, put it on any social media. I haven't actually told anyone. But uh, well, there you go. You're in it first here on Fox on the Watch. <laughs> Exclusive. It, it ended up being uh, four quite different songs. Um, one, one of them's a little bit of a bit of a. I don't know, tongue-in-cheek commentary on, on uh, I suppose, the state of things with, with Trump and uh, how, how tweets can affect the world. And, and then there's a, another couple, which I'm still not even sure I'm that big a fan of what I've done, but I kind of, <laughs> I actually really liked it. But I've, now I listen back, I go, is that a genre I do? But as I say, I like to jump. I really do. I, I, sometimes things come out, and and if it has the sentiment and the emotion that you want to, um, well, not even want to, but if it has sentiment and emotion that, that that for me that makes a good song and just puts across what you're feeling at the time, I guess I'll release it. And uh, prop, not that anyone's heard the first album. The first album was very, I suppose, sixties, seventies based. Um, it was, I suppose, it's very Beatlesque. But uh, this, the first track off the new one is quite modern in a way, and um, it's a song coming from a better place um, in my life. And uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so anyway, we've got a couple more to release. That we were thinking of doing an album, but we put out an EP and. Uh, so there's still still a few tracks to release yet. Uh, one of them's pretty much psych rock, which another genre I quite enjoy. But uh, they'll come out. But then, then I've been hit lately with I don't know I had to listen to I suppose Billie Eilish. <laughs> not, oh, I've not, seen a bit of her lately. Yeah, she which, didn't know who. Um, I saw the same interview. Yeah, who was it? She didn't know. Oh. Eddie Van Halen. I don't think yeah, she knew who Eddie I, Van Halen was. She she didn't know a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the new generation. Like times have changed. If you, yeah. I I often think of it like okay, I was I was okay. I was going to show my age. I was born in seventy six, and you know, back in the eighties, you told me someone from twenty thirty years before, I had no idea who they were, and yep. I suppose she's in that same boat. Yeah, and but Eddie Van Halen. Come on. <laughs> that happened to Eddie a few weeks ago or something at the uh, baseball, I think, too. Someone in the crowd turned around and asked Eddie Who are to you? take a photo for, for them, but they didn't actually realize it was Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> so it's happened to him again, I think. Uh, jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose he hasn't done a lot, you know, for the last 20 he years. Musically. No, it's that's it. But... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 my, my early days of music. I was, uh, I, I spent my first, my teenage years while everyone else was listening to Guns N' Roses. I was listening through the '60s catalog, trying to get down everything I'd 
that had been done before me. Um, I suppose everything from traffic and in that vein, blind faith and all that early rock and roll, Crosby, um, David Crosby, and then Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. And, mm. and then yeah, from there you jump on to, to Neil Young and from there you, I don't know, everything from Velvet Underground to Black Sabbath and which led me into the metal tangent and, uh, you know, and, and then I loved the funk tangent of Sly and the Family Stone. Like, I really got into getting to know all that old stuff, but that took took years and years to get through that catalogue before yeah. I moved on to modern music, you know, and and then um, and then why I brought up Billie Eilish, like in some ways, yeah, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, but there's something in some of that and, and that, that actually brought me back to some of my uh, earlier bands that I liked, so, you know, like um, Massive Attack and Tricky, which is another avenue I liked. Like I was, I don't know, I, as I say, I, I really can't, there is good music in every every genre and um, and that's that's affected my latest songwriting. I've got a, I've got a new track that I've been working on lately, which is very, um, I suppose, using beats like that. I, I want to get my drummer I, I work with a drummer who's um uh, been on all the releases so far but I, i'm going to try and use some of these sampled beats and get real drums over them it's it's just a whole nother tangent to play with mm. it's it's where i respect like i said earlier bands like ween where you can jump um just from thing to thing you know you do a country album and then you can do a twisted album like of whatever you want, and and I love that. I love that freedom. I I, I heard uh, Josh Homme, another band like he's he's been in some great projects too. Um, talking recently on another podcast, uh, the jo- Joe Rogan one, and he was saying the exact same thing: the the beauty of just being able to play whatever you want, and I think it keeps music fresh as a musician, mm. being able to do that like not being locked into one sort of thing yeah um again when it comes to my own music i'm i'm someone who's always working with other musicians and um i suppose that's my love of, is is finding great sounds like I, I i love honing in on just getting that perfect snare sound to bass and like you know everything every part of it Going from genre to genre, the sounds, you can go from a snare that sounds nothing like another genre. And I enjoy that in, in my own music as well. I, I like to be able to jump from that. It's, um, I think we've got some pretty different tracks we're going to upload at some point in the next probably four or five months that will be so different. But uh, I don't expect a lot of listeners because I don't advertise but well after this podcast it's going to explode uh, i just never know where it's going to um, go i'm going to chuck a few <laughs> i'm going to add a few of those tracks to the fox on the wire <laughs> spotify playlist man that thing's building up you should see the tracks on that it's awesome oh, nice i'll have to check Amy it out francis and uh, nice. all, all sorts of good stuff so we'll chuck some of that on there oh, as much as spotify doesn't pay it's uh yeah. it, it's pathetic but uh it really is a great platform for discovering new artists. I've, yeah, it's great. I've, I'm a um, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm I'm signed up, and I, I I love discovering new artists through that platform. It's there are just so many 
so many bands out there these days, and I think half the problem there is good music everywhere. Um, the 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 difficult part is finding it. Yeah. It's it's getting it to the people, and and if you're not a big social media person, even then a lot of a lot of music fans aren't don't even use social media to mm. the. How how do you find it? Like it's, mm. but finding it is hard. And Spotify is a good place to do that. I've yeah. started really using that to discover music. Yeah, it's great. Well, you don't live on the socials, but today everyone received their um, uh, oh, I forget how they word it, but their total amount of plays and how many countries you've been played in this year and. I actually um, received it too. I, yeah. got, a, I got an email. <laughs> so I do check my email it. regularly. And Man, some of, some of these bands have got some good numbers. Like Big, they do. Big League had some great numbers. and I saw that. I, I was actually listening to Big League oh, maybe two weeks ago. Mm. I, I, um, I'm a big fan of Big League. Yep. I, I actually felt it was a privilege to record that band. Yeah. They they were in a vein of uh, things I in the nineties I used to listen to some bands such as uh, Archers a Loaf and what was that Alien Lanes Guided by Voices um, bands like that which I was led on to from I suppose Velvet Underground things like that like that there was a bit of a you know there's a little bit of a vein through all that and that they are. Uh, they, I, I got to record them first with a single, and then they came in and did the whole album. And ah, uh, what a, what a privilege! I love that band. I was listening recently. That was the point. I was, um, I heard some of the stuff. I believe he's done some at home, and released some of that stuff. And he's done a great job too. Is that uh, Trav? Trav, oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And um, and his partner Marie, who, who fun, funny where you bring her up, she messaged me. Um, oh, I don't know, a month or so back, saying it's his birthday and, and asking for a recommendation on uh, what microphone he'd like for his birthday. And I, I gave a few, uh, and she settled on a uh, an old EV, elect- Electrovoice mic from the 70s, which I it's it's a little bit rolled off in the top and bottom, and I just think it would really suit his voice. Right. It's also all around good for guitars and whatnot. But um, I think they'd complement their their sound, their recordings. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those things also about working with a band, um, getting just to know them, and mm. and and you do you make these friendships. I've got I've got so many bands who I've um, built friendships with, and 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 it's great being you know getting a message asking about. Oh, it's his birthday, and what what do you think? Like you know, being able to give advice on things like that, and ask the expert. Uh, yeah, well, well, I think it's his birthday yeah. today. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, good. So I haven't let the cat out of the bag. If he hears this, he's no. Already, this will be a few days. He's well, already got the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope he likes it. Well, I hope you didn't thinking. put Marie too far she out of was, pocket either. You know. No, no, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no there are mics out there worth thousands. This, oh. I think, this one's a few hundred, but yeah. Um, Trav's worth it for sure. Oh yeah, his music's <laughs> worth it. They, I, what what a yeah. what what a writer, you know. Mm. And and together too, like Marie, like her killer bass player, bass player, and her vocals, mm. like she she adds so much. Like I I really do love that band. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, they're a great band. Band. I met yeah. them through um while well, playing with old etiquettes because James knows them 
Um, so yeah, I got to see quite a few of their shows, which is great. And um, and speaking of James, another great one. Like uh, he's yeah. he um James. Oh, he's 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 one of the early guys I recorded. Like he's he's been um coming in for well since the beginning. It must be eight or nine years. Yep. And it's been great watching him grow as a talent too. Yep. He's uh. From the early days, they always did good stuff. Um, early days with Charm, him and Trev, and um, and, and you just don't get a nicer bloke. But his he, like that last last album we did together, I I loved it. Like it's, I I he put out a clip. I think it was only a what a week ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. <clears throat> Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. Like have just having another listen, I had a nice pair of headphones and I had a listen to that clip and the song and, um, I'm a big fan of his, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to his next one. I've been hearing some demos. Mm. He sends me the demos and, yeah. um, he's, he's another talent and he's, he's picking up steam too. Like he's, he's out there now. Mm. Like it's, he gets played a lot. He's, he, he puts, he's put in the work For and. Sure. He's a true artist. Like he's, he's um, he's on. Yeah, he's on the level. He's he's really good. It's uh, a busy boy, a talented and busy boy, and plays in a million outfits, runs a million shows. Uh, yeah. All the he's behind so many of those uh, like tributes and mm. stuff. Puts together the bands. I don't even think he plays in some of them more than mm. a song, but he puts them together. He's works hard. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, obviously James and I play in old etiquettes together. Let's get that back together, James. I, I heard, need to plug in the electric I, guitar. I heard a hint from the bass player, yeah. ADL, that there may be um, re- reformation coming soon. Well, at the, the Fleeting Persuasion album launch, we were hassling James after the, the show about nice. getting the band back together. But that's where I think I had my first rehearsal with, with James and Trev. Um, at when Trev was in the band, I think it was here back in 2013 or 14. So wow, I had the first that's rehearsal. Yeah, so it's actually been a few years now. So yeah, hopefully we can get into it in 2020 because there's so few people as involved in mm. music and projects as James. Mm. He he he's knows a lot of people. He's 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 started a lot of projects and and been involved. I've met so many great people. Roscoe who, who oh, yeah. adds touches like you know keys and guitars to his solo recordings and band recordings and stuff and yeah. And and old etiquettes. What what a um that I've always been been impressed with the different um array of people that get involved in that band. Mm. So many different influenced people you know yeah. like it and it, it really does uh it, it's a credit to james pulling these different people together even on the other sides of things like his uh film clips and stuff he has mm. a guy that helps on on some of the clips that, that real you know he's a real artist like his partner's an artist too like yeah. he's a he's a he's a yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, no, I really like working with James. I mean, he's probably one of the few songwriters that I'm happy to sit back, not try and interrupt the songwriting or the song structure and just 
play guitar to that song. Like yeah. I'm happy to just sit back yeah. as a guitarist, let James do his thing, and then I'll just come just, in and just add your flavours yeah. and, and touches. I'm not going to try and change it up because, you know, I respect him as a yeah, songwriter, but I was really hoping we could talk a bit of shit about James. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, not just, well, not just yeah, talk him up. Uh, you know. Let's gossip. Yeah. <laughs> What can we say about James? That's bad. I, I don't think you can say a bad word. No, damn it, heart James. Of, heart of gold. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, so when we were talking originally about recording my second album, one thing that made me really want to work with you was our mutual love of Paul McCartney's Ram album. What an album. Because <laughs> that's not an album you can talk about with just anyone. Because nah. a lot of people probably don't know of it. I, I, yeah, uh, unbelievably so. It, it's, a, what, it, it's up there with, with anything that he's put out, including Beatles. Yep. Like, it's an absolute classic album. Mm. And, and recorded in, uh, in, in, I believe it was in his own studio for mm. some of it. It it it's it's not like a really polished recording. No, but I've I've, I've often found uh, uh, so many great albums aren't the highly polished kind. Mm. Like, I, I I find love of both, but I you know there's there's something in that album. Um, but he did that really well, like the whole not it's so polished. Yeah, thing. There's, there's there's especially he, on that album. He he's an amazing amazing mm. musician. I I reckon Paul McCartney. You can't really say he's underrated. The guy's rated, but yeah. um, he certainly had the years over the decades of of uh, not being the coolest thing around. Especially when you've got John Lennon, mm. who I'm also a monster fan. Yeah, uh, but. but um, especially, you know, Plastic Ono Band and stuff like that. Like the the competition between them sort of can sometimes let down the other guy because they're just so good. But Ram, what an album! Yeah. Like it, yeah. I think when when we met up, I was right in my Ram phase. <laughs> I, I um I'd heard it I'd heard it over the years, but I I think I was on a particularly uh. I was I had it on 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 rotation in the car at the time yeah. and yeah a uh, uh, mind blowing album it is probably not the album that catches you on the first listen no like there's no real hits as such no you know? it, it it it's the album as a whole yeah. it's and it's it's not just the like i mean it's a fantastic songwriting and it's fantastic performances but it's also the the recording itself there's it's um, I don't know. There's something from that period of music that's caught in the sound, and I don't think it's been reproduced. Mm. You you can hear it in a lot of good albums from that period, and I think the electricity was running running differently. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you have to take into account the the time that that was recorded for him, you know, it was 1971, I think. So it was just after the Beatles had kind of yeah. broken up. I think it was yeah. his second album after the Beatles. So the first one was, I think, just McCartney, yeah. which was a bit rough. They were more just almost song samples. They what weren't fully the, formed. Um, Band on the Run, was that? That was after, that was after Ram. Ram, yeah. And 
That song, Maybe I'm Amazed, where, was, where did that fit in? Uh, that was... Because I know that, that was a contender for Let It Be. Yeah. I think um, that was around the mid-70s. That's, that's a killer track. Yeah, yeah. But that was released after Beatles. Yes. Like that, I'm not sure which album. I don't know what that, album that was memory. on. But um, I do remember there was a demo from, mm. from around the Let It Be period. Mm. Um, but man, he was he was on fire through that stage. Yeah, like, the seventies. Oh, so much. But that Ram album, you could tell like he was almost set free from the Beatles. Yeah, because I think that was it. Wasn't that easy to sort of? I feel like they were all doing some amazing mm. stuff at that period. They, they must have had a backlog. Like they were sharing albums, and when when you're sharing albums and only putting your best songs on, you you get a backlog. You know, like. Uh, George Harrison, that he came out with some fantastic mm. stuff in that period too. All mm. things must come to pass, and and then there was even that, which is probably these days little known album that Ringo put out. Mm. Uh, the name slips me by, but you'll know it because he ended up getting each of the Beatles uh, to write songs for it. Um, Songs like uh, from from Lennon had "I'm the Greatest," which which is a pretty cool song, and George Harrison did "Photograph," um, which one of his fan, it's one of his like killer songs, and he gave it up to Ringo for that album. Oh. Like, it's it's an amazing album. Like, it's it's got some. Not that Ringo's the best singer, but he, uh, I think he did it justice. It's a really good album. I got I got that one on LP, but um. Yeah, but but Ram like really is a pretty moving album. Like, yes. Well, uh, I mean, George, I think is my my favourite Beatle. I must say, uh, but, yeah, but I'm a huge uh, fan of Paul's stuff with Wings after the Beatles. Yeah, it was I, just a different era. I'm, I'm, I'm. I gotta say, like, um. Probably, I think it changes for me over the years, but um, I, I thought Plastic Ono band, like that, that album was uh, with, with that sort of slapback echo on the drums and, and all that, there was a rawness to that, that album. I just found out just during that quick break, um, that Paul McCartney song, Maybe I'm Amazed, that we were talking about, that was off his first solo album, McCartney, straight after the Beatles. And then the live version was released on uh, Wings Over America in 75, which is the better version of the song. Is it? I reckon, yeah. His, his vocals are better. And, um, yeah, just it's just a better recorded version. But, yeah, it was first released in 1970. On his first solo album, straight after the Beatles. So he must have had it, yeah, like you said, ready during the Beatles days. Yeah, well, he did. It was a contender. Yeah, yeah right. Which was, what, 67? That was it before uh, Abbey Road. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... You missed him when um, he came down a couple of years ago. I did. Almost to the day, I mean, actually. I, I couldn't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> what were tickets worth? About two, three hundred bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I love Paul McCartney, but um, two, three hundred bucks. Um, 
I like albums more. <laughs> yeah, I think we had the conversation once. Um, you prefer to listen to albums and live music? Yeah, I've always been like a album guy. Mm. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I suppose that's what drew me to recording. It's, yeah. It's it's getting that sound just right, you know. Um, that, you know, that, that probably sounds bit silly because you know there is that whole the live energy of mm. of a band i mean i i remember back in the 90s going to see different bands in fact there was one i heard today that i was on spotify that the recordings are so dated and it's uh, uh <laughs> it i don't know it, it's it's probably not my taste in music anymore but i was listening to a band called cranky that i used to see at the <laughs> evelyn uh-huh. Back in, I suppose, the album said it was released in 95. Right. So I must have been checking this band in, I don't know, 95, 96 or something. Yeah. And, um, and I heard the recording. I thought, oh, my God, that's dated. Mm-hmm. But there, there's, there's the, the opposite where I hear the recordings and I think it's pretty cool. It reminds me of that. But the live shows killed it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's probably the case a lot of the time. But... When it comes to someone like McCartney or that, I, I suppose it's the albums I fell in love with. Yeah, and um, but he did master the the live sound and the live art as well. Someone he's, like him, he's like an alien. He yeah. how how many people can reach his age? I'm guessing what mid seventies or something. Yeah, he can still go up and do three hours yeah. of live he music. Did. He just. There, there aren't people these days yeah. who are who are in their thirties who do three hours yeah. of live music. Yeah. Like what a what an alien! <laughs> yeah, he's got a great band, and you know Bruce Springsteen did the same thing. Oh, um, yeah, a few years ago when I saw him, amazing, sixty four so, at the time I think he was, and yeah, just three plus hours. It's oh, almost too man. long. <laughs> no, I, I I do take it back to a degree. I am an album person. Yeah. Because I just love it, and but that requires amazing speakers, headphones. I think that's something else that's been lost to a degree. People who listen to music on a laptop are not doing the music justice. Like it's, no. it's, it's like watching television th- th- through through the eyepiece of a video camera. It's, it's, um, you're just not you're not hearing the art, and mm. and and that's so common these days. I've, I've, I've depressingly, I've sent sent mixes to a band, and and one of the members said, "Yeah, yeah, I heard the mixes. They're they're really good." And I said, "Oh, cool, cool. What'd you hear it on?" And he's like, "Oh, I heard it on my laptop." No. And I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but I put so much work into yeah. the bottom end, like you know, it's 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 um a bit of a lost art. Like even a, even an old pair of seventies cheap speakers, like put it on and just listen like that sounds pretty cool like mm. it's, it doesn't have to be amazing but you got to hear some through a decent medium music music is just to me it's amazing i i, I lose myself in music and, yeah. and and hearing it through some quality it's it's so important like, mm. i that that said i've i've you know if i've someone's put something on on social media and I'm flicking through and I'll go oh check what they're like I've quickly listened to something on on that sort of medium on speakers like that but it's you, if you like it you got to you got to put it on some full range you know hear it properly 
I guess that's why um, a lot of bands will, you know, when they're recording and they get a, a bounce or a mix of a song, they'll go out to their car. That's what we did. Yeah, and yeah. And I think a lot of people, as far as I know, you know, take that CD out to their car. The car Sit listen. in there as a band yeah. and um, just crank it up a bit. You got, you got to love the car listen. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love listening to music in the car. Even though you're sitting slightly to the right or left, and it's uh, not balanced, but no, that's that's just. Does that a, do your head in? No, no, just just okay. On a you slightly, learn to live with it. Slightly personal level, yeah, okay, but no. Do you lean no, left. No, no, the, the car, the car's just fine. The car's fine, but yes, I do lean left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, yeah there's. Um, uh, but that that's appreciating music, you know. You, it either does it for you or doesn't. You. For me, I I love hearing the full range. Well, there's so many different types of speakers these days, and people listen to music in all sorts of ways. There's Bluetooth speakers, all sorts of different yeah, headphones. Yeah, they're pretty popular. I've been to a lot of people's places, and they're all right. Though. They use those little Bluetooth. They, they, they at least you out. can hear some bottom end. Yeah, you're not getting the stereo image, but I'm. This is because I'm someone who 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 does this. I'm like. Mixing music and that, I I love hearing it properly. But uh, you know, it's it is what it is. I I can't complain. So, what made you want to be a producer, engineer? Was it uh, other engineers you were inspired by, or did you just love albums no, and you just I, wanted I to actually, produce albums? Well, thinking about it, I I probably trace it back to just my childhood. I my old man had a. Uh, like a old seventies Chrysler stereo, which was like a record player with an amp built in, an old tape machine that he had attached to it, and some just some you know little speakers. I, I remember even as a little kid putting those speakers on the floor on either side of my head, lying down, and um, listening through his albums, and mm. I fell in love with the sound. And over the years. I've always gone to extremes to to get decent stereos. At a young age, I I went into my grandfather's roof and found an old stereo. Mm. I actually found a really good one. It was an old valve stereo, and I set that up and um, ended up selling it to buy my first guitar amplifier. But but hearing those those albums, and then I started playing music. I learned the guitar, which was like magic to me. I I uh, uh, there was a music room in school, and and there was a guitar sitting there, and the 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 bloody thing glowed. I I, I remember looking at it, and it was like it glowed. And from that day on, I went, I'm learning this, and and I played the guitar till my fingers bled. Like I, I blistered. It was the summer of '69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, wait, you were born in the '70s. Sorry, and and um. Anyway, I started recording it on an old tape recorder, and then I had an early computer, a 486, oh, for shit. people old enough to remember what a 486 computer is, and an early recording program, and I learned to multitrack on that. And then it went on to, unfortunately, I found a cracked version of Logic on a PC before they went Apple, and started recording demos, and on it went from there. Right. So... um how old were you around that stage? Um, I suppose 
the 486 stage was with some early program like uh I can't remember the name of it but I I was probably 18 19 when that was the beginning and and then it was a few years later before I got into logic and started playing around and I um so the back in those days I was I was in a bit of a heavier band and we were recording well to tape with a guy from SAE a friend of ours and um I started demoing I suppose on Logic a few years later um and and set up a bit of a home studio really old uh, egg cartons on walls <laughs> and um and really demoing my own stuff and I started um I was in a band called Red Giant and we did some we did a couple of really um half decent EPs like it was early days for me recording so you know they're demoish but uh they were good enough that I had a fair few local bands that started saying oh can you do do a demo for us and and wanting to put stuff out so I started recording bands from my lounge room sort of studio setup I had a Oh, it must have been a eight 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 track eight input sort of digital setup, and and I'd have bands coming in most weeks, and they'd pay me in well, beer and weed, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, knock it, knocking out demos for bands, and really for a good time. And I did that for for years while I was holding down a job too, but I'd spend my weekends doing that, and then playing live and. Um, yeah, it was a good a good period of time where just you know crashing in people's houses and getting to got to know the music community a lot and excuse me again. Um, but it evolved from there. I I suppose I started collecting gear and I'd slowly you know I'd buy a preamp and um sort of rack gear and and then upgrade get some better mics and started collecting and eventually ended up with a half decent mic collection and I had had a good a good uh run of bands that liked to record with me and um yeah anyway then then we came into um came into a little bit of money uh after after a after a grandfather died and and there was a little bit of inheritance and me and my brother set up a managed to get the rental on this warehouse and and had enough money to start building we built this place like pretty well from scratch had friends help had a friend who was a chippy who um had access to to free chipboard we got tons of it and another friend who was a plasterer, and we started building the place. And and I just kept on collecting gear, and started making a little bit of money off rehearsals and recordings, and and just threw everything into it. And and it just grew from there, and till 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 the studio turned into what it is now, which is um, a long way from where it was back then. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. It was a passion that that turned into a job, which is which is what we all want. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to share that with more people who are up and coming too. Um, it's it's a hard thing to do. The the work is the hours are irregular, and I I do get a lot of people asking, and I feel terrible when I'm like, oh, well, 
I can't sort of offer a, you know, come in each day and do this because the work jumps around. You know, you'll you'll have a have a week or two, and mm. uh, then then you might have a week or two off, and so it's it's hard. But I know I, I I've sort of jumped into that quickly. It's it's a a bit of guilt complex because I'd I'd like to offer offer to help out other people who are up and coming too. And I've seen a lot of them come and go and. Um, I'm pretty privileged to be in this space, but uh, it's, yeah, but still, still writing and doing my own thing as well. I suppose that's where the passion began, and that's that's still going too. And I know a few other studio owners who are in a similar position, and it's it's uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's 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 good good to remember how 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 privileged you are to to have these sort of jobs. It's the arts is a hard slog for everyone yeah. who's involved. It's yeah. it's pretty pretty hard not to have a second job in these sort of places. Mm. Um, and at times I have had to as well, you know, to keep this place going. It's it's take taken work, but uh, and, and, and fingers crossed it continues. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a it's a great place to rehearse and to record. So. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed recording my last album here with you. You know, that was pretty much yeah. just you and me most of the time. Yeah. Just sort of bouncing was, off each oh, other. It was great. It was great fun yeah. too. Like, uh, like, like, like most of the artists I work with, it, it's, it was such a privilege to get to know you as well. I feel like um, it, it's one of those jobs that you really do – get to know somebody so well you're mm. you're working on on something that's so personal yeah. and and close to someone's heart that it, you i feel i feel it's part of my job i feel obliged to to really connect with people and mm. and discover where they're coming from and and try and capture that you know in their sound and in the performance it's um I think uh, being an artist myself and writing and recording is is where it's come from. I, I feel like I'm a bit of a sensitive soul too. Like it's mm. it's it's not a, not always an easy thing to come from, and and it, you've got to have an open mind. And sometimes to get to know someone's music takes quite a few listens. But I always feel like I get there through, um, I don't know, just getting, getting, hearing something a few times, getting to know the person and having an open mind with music in general, like enjoying all the different styles and genres there are, is uh, what makes it so, so good for me. And, and what I think is why, one of the reasons why I have, have, have a lot of people who, continually come back and mm. and keep working with me is you build a relationship and half of that is to get that recording right is knowing how uh knowing each other well enough that you're so comfortable you know you, you should be able to perform without having any thoughts of of uh you know you, you shouldn't have to feel nervous you, you should feel like you're in your bedroom it can take a while to overcome that as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. but I think that's one of the the things that that makes somebody like you know I've built my skills over the years and they get better every year too. And, and same with the studio, I improve it constantly to get the sounds thereafter. 
And but the thing that makes people come back is that relationship. Yeah. It's it's um it's it's obviously giving a great product at the end, but the, the, I feel like the main thing is 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 building that relationship where people are comfortable to forget you there. Mm. And and that's a privilege in itself too that you get to sit back and hear these people play. And I get to in I suppose uh when I was saying before, I prefer recorded albums to a live performance, which isn't necessarily always true, but in a way it is, I, I get that firsthand. Like, that to me is a privilege. Like, sitting back and hearing someone give a heartfelt performance, and I get to sit in a room and listen. And, and to me, that feels like it's just for me. Like, mm. I've, I've been brought to tears in my chair. Mm. I've had people play me things that have, literally brought me to tears. I just sat there. I don't even let them know, but I'll be sitting there with a tear <laughs> on my cheek just going, whoa, yeah. that was amazing, you know? Mm. And, and, and people can feel that. Like they, yeah. The comfort of, of being able to be in, in your own space, you know, and, 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 capture, and to capture that for everyone else to hear. That's, it's so cool. Like, well, you're spending, you know, eight hours a day with whoever you're recording, plus you've probably spent time before you've even started recording talking about the songs and what you're going to record and how you're going to do it, listen to their yeah. shitty demos. It's a journey. It really is a journey. Yeah. Like a, a recording is it like it's just like it a journey. And yeah, then you yeah. capture that moment in time and with the final mix yeah. and there it is. That's uh, yeah, 2016. And I've said this to so many people that, like, yeah, let's get this right. When, when you capture that, you're going to be – this isn't like a live performance where, yes, that was a beautiful moment. This is – you're going to be listening to this for the rest of your life. Yeah. This is the one performance. This has got to beat them all. Yeah. And, and that's what you've got to get out of people. It's a know? lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, but it only works when the pressure goes. Mm. You, you, you don't want that pressure. That's the thing. You. The, you just um, want to let it go and let it come out. Yeah. I I read a lot of books on recording, in, in especially in my early days when I was recording people from my lounge room and that. I used to order every book that the universities and tapes or whatever, that whatever they studied, I'd get those books and I'd read them to death. Mm. Along with that, I'd read the the internet and everything. One, one of the, one of the, chapters that comes up in every scenario is is how recording people take psychology and 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 when they say psychology they're talking about partly managing bands where you want to keep everybody in a good mood you want them all getting along being on the right vibe um but the other part of the psychology is is to even if you're one on one with someone, the psychology is to to get them in a in a safe place, a good frame of mind to feel to feel comfortable. Um, and I read that. I remember reading that and thinking, oh yeah, that that's important. I got to do that. It wasn't like a primary focus, but um, it is something that I've I've I suppose has been a natural thing, to, a progression that. Over the years, you find just through capturing the good recordings, the good performances, is getting that psychology right. Um, 
in in that I think to a degree you've got to become friends with the people. Mm. At least you've got to become you've got to become the background. Like you, you, you're part of the part of the furniture, and and they're free to be in the headspace they want to be in. You know, and, and it's there, there's you know. Recording is where arts meet technology, you know. These days especially, you've got to be on top of the digital age with computers and everything. In in my case, the analog side of things where you've got to keep your machinery running smooth, you've got to have the psychology aspect where you've got to have people at home feeling comfortable, which is which is another reason, you know, so many people come in, can I eat in here? Can I drink in here? It's like, yeah, do whatever you want in here. like. Be comfortable. You know, it's, 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 all of it is, is just a part of, it's got to become their, their second lounge room. And it's, for me, that's, that's part of what makes it comfortable. And, and it's also why whenever I see someone who I've recorded, I can, you know, 80% of the time they have become a, um, someone who, who, there's a closeness. You know, mm. they don't have to be your best friend, but there is a, there there is a closeness. You've shared an intimate space with all these people. Yeah, you know, and and I treasure all that. I do. I, I, I I've said the word a lot of times, but I feel privileged. Yeah, it's great. Well, you and I have got to the stage of hugging now, so I'm pretty happy about that. And I'm not a hugger, man. <laughs> I've never been a hugger, but yeah, I am not I've, much either. To be I've honest. I've overcome that because <laughs> I actually believe in huggers. Yeah. I, I think hugging's healthy. I think it's good. It's the best. I was I was raised a handshaker. Yeah, okay. I, I had grandparents who I hugged as a child, and yeah. then I hit a certain age as a teenager, and they were like, "I think it's time you shook hands." But uh, I believe in the hug. Some I I have to overcome that, but when I get there, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who do home recording these days, but when you come into a studio like this, this is where I want to be when I'm recording an album or an EP or you know, ah, you're you know, I'll, I'll do some <laughs> demos at home, which we were talking about again. Yeah, I've just yeah, yeah. recently uh, brought myself an audio interface, Ooh. the Scarlet. Oh. Man, that's a big move for me. <laughs> I haven't set it up yet. Um, expect a phone call on the weekend, Josh, helping no. me set that shit up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to be my, you know, project for the next few months. Using that for the podcast, but I, also uh, home yeah. demoing. I look forward to hearing your demos. <laughs> I really do. I, I'd love to hear what's next and and how we can Im- like yeah. improve your process to make your final recording. As good as your live performance, because mm. I, I, when I saw your, uh, your, your, um, your launch mm. for for the uh, album we did, mm. I loved it. Like I, I actually thought your live, your live show. I would say half. I loved the album better. Half I loved the live performance mm. better. Like, I'm being super critical there, saying that, but. Man, there were some songs when you played that live. I just thought, "Oh, there's the take." Like, mm. but there was the other half where I reckon you nailed it hardcore. Like, mm. that, I I love I love your album. Like, I think it's fantastic. But I reckon for the next one, you've been through the experience with me. Yeah, I think you're pretty comfortable now, mm. and I think I know a lot of 
techniques. Like this is something where you get to know an artist as well. Yeah. I think that once you've recorded with an artist, um, from my side of the window, you do learn a lot of tricks and techniques that make individuals comfortable because mm. like, it's different for everyone. And um, and I think we got a few that will will um. Definitely, I think you're only going to grow and grow from that point. Mm. Like you've already got some killer stuff. You're an experienced musician. You've been around mm. the traps, and you've you've got a great album there. But I I can only see you going better and better from here. Mm. Like, and I think also having that new audio interface, yeah. the Scarlet, I think you're going to be doing some shit hot demos that uh, will. Will will improve the experience. Mm. Well, I've been writing quite a few songs, new songs, and uh, I've got lots of bits and pieces of new songs that haven't come into full form yet. So once I get this thing set up, I get a bit of time. I'm looking forward to really nice. chucking that down. And you got to send me the demo. I will. I I'll will. shoot you back. <laughs> I'll shoot you back. Yeah, cool. I'll look forward Any to that. Any thoughts I have. I, I love doing that too. Yeah. Like I've always got time to hear people's demos and and give any advice I can give on, on improving, whether it's to do with arrangement or performance or whatever. Like it's um that's that's a great, great part of, of recording, like getting it ready and up mm. to that stage. Yeah, well we we were talking about that before too. Like I think who were you talking about? Um, tumbleweed. Ah, uh, no, that was um, like su- supergrass. Oh, sorry, supergrass. Yeah, yeah. Weed grass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pause. Okay, and we're back again. <laughs> um, so we were talking about weed and grass, <laughs> and uh, uh, and how what the hell were we talking about? Bands uh, get from yeah, like a, yeah. a finished product. Getting, like getting high. <laughs> most of the time you'll you'll hear the band's finished product, fully produced, mixed album, but then, you know, later they'll release maybe demos yeah, of yeah, what yeah. became that album was, and you realise how how far they advanced those songs to get to that finished yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was, yeah. We, you brought up um, the the super supergrass one that I, I was just listening to. What was it? Discovery on Spotify of new stuff that's released, and and they showed an eight track recording of the supergrasses earlier. I can't remember the name of the album, but it had like, moving on the track and stuff like that. And hearing their eight-track recordings and and the evolution from that to the final release, and in some ways, I actually probably preferred some parts of the eight-track. It's there's something so cool about it. But, um, but the, hearing the final product like from that is it, it's it, it's a it's another point from earlier where we were just saying how important that pre-production is and and uh, how 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 much of a difference it makes. But there is something in those in those pre-production recordings that's so raw and cool, which I think is appreciated more after you've heard the final product. Sometimes, mm. but um, are you a fan of live albums? Like when bands release live albums, ah, uh, some of them, mm. some if they're recorded well enough that you can hear everything mm. well. Um, can't can't. Think of any off the top of my head. I think Wings, going back to Wings again, Wings, Wings Over, Over America, America is probably one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. The the that version of um, 
yeah, we were just talking about that before off the off air. The um maybe maybe I'm amazed how yeah. that version was was a better version than the yeah. original. Um and is that live album good? Because with their studio albums they didn't take it too far beyond what they could do as a live album, if that yeah. makes sense. Well sometimes those live recordings are they have the energy, I guess. It's oh, I, another one I heard today was um, I was again listening to the same discovery, and, and there was a uh, what are they called? Uh, Flaming Lips mm. had a song that they did live that, um, and that was that was brilliant. Like sometimes those live recordings do they have a, have a lot of energy that mm. that is something special. You catch something great. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I suppose it's from the production standpoint. I love the recorded albums, but yeah, there is something in that. Boot bootlegs are probably no, they were more authentic. They were, they were real thing. big in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. used to buy the occasional bootleg. Yeah, yeah I I had had. I find those great for for people who are big fans. You know, mm. you get to hear things that. That um, it's probably more for a hardcore fan. Yeah, uh, uh, I remember hearing a Jimi Hendrix one as a as a teenager. Yeah, uh, it was a song F H I T A, and I'm not going to say what it stands for, but if you mm. can find it, yeah. it's it's Jimmy at his uh at his at his crudest. <laughs> I came across a, a Jimi Hendrix album. It was given to me by. Uh, Mick, who used to run Guitar World and High Street there, uh, it was an album with oh, uh, Lonnie Lonnie Youngblood. Lonnie Youngblood. Oh, is that Lonnie? Should I should have had my facts? <laughs> I think he's a, a saxophone dude, and they did this like duo album. Ah, that, that Lonnie Youngblood is that the right? Is that an almost jazzy track? I remember hearing a jazzy sort of track Maybe. on a later released album, and and it's where Hendrix was trying to. Um, I, I don't know if he did more than that track, but it was it had a horn section, and that was pretty cool. Could be the one. I'm I'm pretty big fan of Hendrix. I I don't think anyone's come around before or after that man to to do what he did in that way. He's one of a kind. And not just his, his, his faster rock and roll sort of stuff. I don't know if you even call it rock and roll, but, you know, slower songs like Drifting and Angel and... Angel's beautiful. Oh, man, those songs, they're, they're like gypsy magic. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I was right, and I'm glad I'm right, and I'm glad I didn't fuck that one up. So, yeah, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Lonnie Youngblood. Um, 1973, um, an American, Lonnie Youngblood, an American saxophonist, best note, oh, best remembered for playing with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a, a gem, that album. So I was pretty grateful to, to get hold of that one. I'm going to have to give that another spin. Yeah, Tomorrow. I wonder if it's the same track I know. Mm, could be. It's like they're just, um, it's almost like a live album from memory. Like they're just sort of jamming, basically. Yeah, cool. H- Hendrix used to record 
non-stop. Apparently he spent huge amounts of money on tape. He used to just keep the tape rolling in the studio while they jammed. And, yeah. You know, what, but he, he was a, you know, he was an artist who, it was all about the music, man. Mm. He, few, few like Jimi Hendrix. 27. It's hard to believe that It's hard to believe these... he did all of that before yeah. 27, you know? Well, if we go back to the rap thing again, like Tupac, twenty, I think he was twenty five when he passed. Yeah, and it's just so much material in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's just insane. Ah, it, oh, it's crazy. Uh, it's, those, all those great artists just did mm. so much in such a short amount of time. You know, they were, they were they were sent here to give us a taste of mm. of greatness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so I've got one more sort of question before we start to wrap up. Yep. Um, if there was one album you wish you could have produced, what what would it be? Oh, man, I'm going to have to think about that. One album. If you wish you could have <sighs> been a part of... Yeah. Can, can, can you make it five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, five. That's fine. <laughs> That's a hard one. Yeah. There's oh, too many good albums. Um, Besides the JMS Harrison album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, um, you know, the guy, the engineer, I, I reckon, what's his name? Um, the engineer who did a lot of the Beatles stuff, Bowie, um I, I love his sounds. I'd love to hear that sound crossed with a modern sound. Or maybe George not even. Martin, are we talking about? No, no. Uh, it was, um, what's his name? Um, hang on. Let me Google very quickly. Google. Beatles Bowie engineer. <laughs> Ken Scott. Ken Scott. <laughs> um, Ken Scott. Now there's he pulled sounds on a lot of albums I absolutely adore. Like, um, I've uh, you know I've read his book and that he's he's amazing. I suppose it's not so much an album as as a period of time where Mm. he lived and 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 it's to do with his ears, his skills, and the gear he was using. You know these these old Fairchild compressors and the and the old pre's in those desks they had, you know, they they had, they had these EMI desks or red desks and stuff that was just crazy. And um, I don't, that's for the old school. But then there's modern albums, you know, like um, you know what I feel like it, half the time it comes down to the musician as well, or the musicians that that make those sounds. You know, mm. there's there's. I can't pinpoint it to one, but there there are sounds that have turned me on like so much that you know that that some of the Sly and the Family Stone fresh like they have these warm tight sounds that just do it for you. Um, that's that's more in the older stuff, but then you know then you get this new stuff like I know Phoenix. Um, some of the production in that stuff is so cool. Um. That that that's that's newer stuff, but I don't know what do I heard lately that's um I tell you, there's some Indian music that's blown my mind. Mm. Like 
some of those guys in India are pulling crazy sounds. Yeah. I, I can't remember the names, but yeah. I tell you, from around the world, there is there production is it's ever moving, you know, and 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 it's and it's depends on your mood. I I, mm. I find I've got all the if I'm in the right mood for it. I can be so moved by the production and, and, and just fall in love with the sound of an album. I wish I could have been involved in that sound, you know, like, like, I don't know, anything from, I, I tend to lean towards warmer sounds, but, um, what's that guy, Michael Kinowaki, um, if you know who he is, you'll know from that, but, um, the, 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 Oh man, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Honestly, it, there's too many cool sounds. Yeah. You know, it's. I just, Have you got a favorite producer? Uh, just, just you know, no, no, it really. changes. It changes. Mm. I, I listen to comes down to the album. I listen the to artists. new music, yeah. and and it usually comes down to the song. Mm. I, I really feel like it's that. I feel like the production is is so important, but I feel like. It only works when it's a great song. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I remember an interesting thing I read was uh, there was this great engineer and he had a band in and they weren't um, a big band or anything, but he'd set up his, his mics, he'd set up the room exactly how he had for some of his best hits and it just didn't sound right. Mm. And, and they sat there for a week trying to get, and it just didn't quite sound right. And the band were going over their songs. Anyway, after a while, the band then did a cover mm. of a hit song just for screwing around, you know, and, and, um, and there was the sound. Yeah. And the engineer went, oh, there it is. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and, and he's going, okay. And then they went back to their song and it didn't sound right again. <laughs> like, I think that you can have the best studio sound but if the song and the band aren't doing it right yeah if the song's not right it doesn't matter mm. like it comes down to the song to the song you know and an engineer can only work with the material he's yeah. provided and i've gone on a tangent here but um i think that it's it, it's yeah it, it comes down to not not the what's your favorite production it comes down to you know that what who do you love in music and what song would you like to record because mm. a great song can be recorded in 10 different ways a hundred different ways and it'll still sound great in so many different ways but you can put your at the end of the day that the engineer can put their flavor on it mm. and and it does it does make something even better and greater but it's um yeah you put you you put your flavor on something that's great already mm. and then it's how it's mixed as well is it yeah it, it all, it all it's all part of the flavor yeah. and it, it, it is part of what makes a song great but that's why those but, good songs last over decades yeah and that's it, why paul mccartney's still singing Maybe I'm amazed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be 50 years next year. Unbelievable. And he's still yeah. playing it live. And, and it still sounds great. It still you sounds know, great. These, these songs just sound, mm. they do, they sound great because they're great songs. And, in, uh, 
And and if you were sitting in a garage with shitty recording gear mm. and you played that song through it and just get a half ass mix, it's still going to sound pretty good. Well, that first album of his didn't sound great. You know, it wasn't a great produced album, that first McCartney album after the Beatles. But that song was on it. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, like we said, the live version sounds better, but... It's still... A, still it's captured it. still a good song. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, it still shows up mm. as a good song, you know. It's, it's um, good music is good music. Yeah, you know. But uh, well, if you want to make some good music, I guess write it first, and then come and record it at Crosstown Studio in uh, <laughs> in Preston here with Josh, and it'll sound even better. I can know. Oops, can I swear on this? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any fucking reason. Yeah, not to. fuck it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the on the podcast, Josh. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, thanks for having me. And um, I only, I only every- took six beers. We have both got to get home now. And uh, no, I appreciate you coming on. I've, I've been looking forward to having this chat. Uh, it's, again, it's my pleasure. You're one of the one of the lovelier blokes I've had in here, <laughs> and um, I, yeah, it's good to spend some time with you. Well, hopefully. Uh, come back next year and maybe record some more music if I can get my demoing uh, skills down. I hope by then. So. so. I'd love to have you. But, uh, yeah, so you've got a website, Crosstown. Hang on, I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, do some plugs, Crosstown some plugs. Studio. Just type Crosstown Studio into Google. In Preston. Um, and and uh, you, you were saying a new bar has opened up down the street or something? Yeah, around the corner. They, they a, just opened up um, Moondog Land. Yeah. Go and have a beer and come and visit me. Yeah. And bring Josh beer. Bring me beer. Yeah. Because it's an industrial area around here, so... So you can make lots of noise. It's pretty odd that something like that opened up, but sounds pretty cool, so... Um, All right, well, let's uh, Let's let's wrap wrap this puppy up. All right, man. Thank you very much, Josh. Thanks again for coming by. No worries. Um, I'll chuck some links um, to Shadow Transmitter in the studio. Yeah, give it a listen. You might like it. You might hate it. And uh, I had a sneak peek, if I'm allowed to say, of uh, Josh's some of Josh's new stuff before in one of the breaks, and um, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So that's all I'll say. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, Josh. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch everyone again soon for another episode. Um, I'm catching up with Fisher next week, so stay tuned. Thanks again. Check out the playlist on Spotify, the Fox on the Wire playlist. Fox on the Wire. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye. Josh, welcome to Fox on the Wire. Thank you for having me. Thank Hang you. on, can we start again? That's all right. It's just a test. I just totally went, <laughs> thank you. <laughs>